Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Today we'll be talking about what I titled Prosperity is God's Will. Prosperity is God's Will. I'll be laying a foundation this morning that we're going to build on for the rest of this month. And I want you to follow me closely, please. Every time my neighbor, don't distract me. Don't tell me, my other neighbor, please don't distract me. What I'm going to share with you this morning has to go into your mind. It's like a surgery. I want to go straight into your mind and perform a surgery there. Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the word of God coming to your heart, renews your mind. Prosperity is God's will. Prosperity is God's plan. Jesus Christ speaking in the book of John chapter 8 verse 32 says, you would know the truth. And the truth, he says, will set you free. Very popular scripture it says, you shall know the truth. And then the truth will do what? The truth shall do what? Answer, I can't hear you well, church. So church, you see, you have to give me a lot of feedback this morning. That's the only way I'll be sure you're not thinking about moi moi. You see, you have to give me feedback because you can be looking at me like this and your mind is away. Some people are writing as I'm talking to you now. They are writing in shock. See, their mind can fly. That's the power of the mind. Mind is not, is not restrained anywhere. Okay? Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth you know will set you free. It is not the existence of the truth that sets you free. It is your knowledge of the truth that sets you free. The fact that the truth is true does not set you free. The fact that it's true is realistic and is there and is existing does not set you free. It is your knowledge of the truth that sets you free. For instance, the fact that Jesus laid on his body your sickness and disease when he died on the cross does not snatch you from the grip of sickness. He died 2,000 years ago, 2,000 plus years ago. He had done that, he had paid the price. Yet, that does not mean that you would get healing. It is your knowledge of that fact, the apprehension of that fact that sets you free. Jesus Christ died for my sickness the same day he died for my sin. And yet, I did not know until I found out in his word that he died for my sickness. I could live all my life in sickness. Even though God has made a plan and a provision for my healing just because I do not know. The Bible says, my people perish. For what? They are my people. My people, they mean they want their mind, but they will perish because they do not know. So being God's people does not mean or does not save me from being from perishing. It is my knowledge of what is made available for me that keeps me from perishing. John chapter 4 verse 10 was speaking to the Samaritan woman. He said, if you know the gift of God, he said you would ask for the living water. You know, I could be sitting beside you and you don't know the gift of God. 
I could sit by your side and you don't know the gift of God. Proximity can bring contempt. You don't know the gift of God. You don't know the gift of God. I could be sitting right beside you and you don't know the gift of God. I've seen people who lay demand on God's gift. Jesus said, if you know who is talking to you, you would ask. If you know, you see? If you know, you would ask. If you don't know, you will not ask. And so, the limits of your knowledge will also have an impact on the scope of your request. You cannot ask what you don't know. So if you don't know something has been made available for you, you cannot ask for it. It says if you know him that sits beside you, you would ask, you would ask for the living water and he'll give it to you. So God's will for us is prosperity. And we can go straight to the beginning to find that out. Open to Genesis chapter 1. Help me do more. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 26 straight to verse 30. Genesis chapter 1. From the beginning before everything, yam, pepper, scatter, scatter. You see, from the beginning, if you want to know how things are, you have to go to the beginning. If you want to know the order of things, you have to go to the beginning. The beginning is the design. That's why the beginning was monogamous. One man, one wife. That's the beginning. It was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. In the beginning. Not Eve and Evelina. In the beginning. In the beginning is the original design before everything scattered. In the beginning, God spoke. You see, the function and the purpose of words is not communication. The original purpose of words is creation. So the first use of word ever... The Bible says, and God said, let there be light. The first purpose, the original purpose of word is creation, not communication. And so my mouth is not designed for me to be eating, 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 eating. My mouth was designed for me to order the chart, the, the, the track of my life. That with my mouth, I will order my life. God says, let there be light in the midst of darkness. So what does it mean? Genesis chapter 126. What does it say? And God said, God said, Let us make man in let us our make image, man. Yes. after our likeness, yes. and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, yes. and over the fowl of the air, yes. and over the cattle. So we see, first of all, you're going to flow with me tomorrow, that man was created for dominion. Someone say dominion. Man was created for dominion over what? Over fish. Dominion over what again? Fowl. Over fowl. Over what again? Cattle. Over cattle. Over what again? All the earth. So it was not, man was not created to dominate another man the scope of man's original dominion is stated over the earth not over other men not over women man is not the head of woman a man is the head of his wife men are not the head of women if you want to add something, create a WhatsApp group and be the admin. You understand? Men are not the edge of women. Man was designed to have dominion over the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creepy thing that creeped upon him. Give us this verse. Help me. So God created man in his own image. Yes. In the image of God, he created him. Yes. Male and female. Male and female. Created he them. Yes. And God blessed them. God blessed them. And God said unto them. So you see, the first word that man heard from God was a blessing. Was not correction. Was not rebuke. Was not command. Was not instruction. Was what? A blessing. What did he say? Be fruitful. Be fruitful. And multiply. And multiply. And replenish the earth. And replenish the earth. And subdue it. And subdue. 
subdue the earth. Yes. And have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the fish of the sea. Again, he says it. And over the fowl of the over air. Over the fowl of the air. And over every living thing that moved upon the earth. Yes. And God said. And God said. Behold. Behold. I have given you every herb bearing so seed. So God was saying to man, please follow me. I have given you every herb bearing tree. Yes. Which is upon the face of. Which upon the face of the earth. Tree. And every tree in which the in which is the fruit of the tree you in which see. is the fruit of the tree yes to you it shall be for meat so God said you this is my man I've given you every tree you can see to you it is for meat yes and to every beast of the earth every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air every fowl of the earth and to everything that creepeth upon the earth and everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life. Wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. I've given every green herb for meat, and it was so. So God gave man everything He created, everything, every beast, everything He created. There was no provision for drugs in the Garden of Eden. That means man was not designed to be falling sick. So in the beginning, there was no sickness. Are you following my point? In God's original design, there was no health package because man was not designed to fall sick. God gave man everything. One man, he gave him everything. Even before he created that man, he made provisions for him. Are you following my point this morning? So we see that abundance was God's original plan. Having more than enough. Adam didn't need to calculate. He didn't need to be watching his weights. Adam didn't need to ration his eating. Are you following my point? He didn't need to watch his spending. Adam had access to everything. There are more trees on the earth that produce fruits than human beings can eat from. There are more waters in coats, in the oceans, than all the human beings on earth can drink. If all the tankers in Lagos go straight to the beach and they ask their friends from Ibadan, join us, we are going to the beach. And all the tankers in Lagos and Ibadan and all the ones in Abel would have gone straight to the beach and they said, today we are going to fetch all the water in this ocean. They will be fetching it. The ocean will not know. The ocean will not feel it. God's original design is that man will live in superabundance. You will not need to be calculating your money, calculating your money. No, that was not God's original plan. The man will have access to all that he needed. Adam didn't have to walk to eat. God gave Adam work, actually. But his work was not for him to make his ends meet. Adam had a concept that he could eat from everything and anything that God gave to him. The concept of eating or working to eat came after the course. Give me Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. Genesis chapter 3 is where everything is scattered. Anything between Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 is the original plan. Anything from Genesis chapter 3 is when everything has already scattered. In Genesis 3 verse 19, what does it say? Genesis 3 In the sweat of thy face. In the sweat of your face. Shall thou eat bread. So God cursed is a curse. Walking, hustling is a curse. It's a curse. 
is not the blessing. The man who eats from his sweat is a curse. We are not originally designed to have to labor before we can eat. Look at the earth. Look at nature. Look at how nature is. Look at the skies. Look at the land. You know the land mass that we have on earth alone is, is bigger, is larger than all the human beings on the, in the world can occupy. The land mass. If you spread everybody across the earth, we cannot finish this land. Curse came after sin. And God says, in the sweat of your face, honestly, you have people from states that they wake up as early as 4 a.m. in the morning. They walk in traffic 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Get back home by 10, 11. You know, one of my friends in those days when I was in Lagos, my other sister will have to leave home by 5 a.m. every morning. Every morning. If she leaves home later than 5, she's going to miss out on the bus. She works with Zenith Bank. And so she has to leave home by 5. She's out of the house. And she comes home around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock every day. So from 5, she's out. She's back 10, 11. There was a particular guy who was living in Songwater. You know, we know Songwater. Songwater was working in VI. And he has to live in Songwater because he couldn't afford a house around Lagos. And so every night he comes back home around 12 midnight. He couldn't even wait. He couldn't even get time to cook. So he just has to buy bread and akara from the road or bread and suya. Then you see all kinds of combination. Because of hustling and toiling. Please listen to me. I know you, you pride in your hustle. It's a course. I'm not saying it should not work. I'm not saying it should not work. The book of Ephesians tells us what work is. It says, let him that steal, steal no more. Then let him work that he might have to give. The purpose of work is to have abundance to give. God didn't design work for you to eat. I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. So he got home that night, around 12 midnight. He had bought bread and akara. He sat on his dining. He was going to tear the first lump he slept off. It was Salam, 3 a.m. that woke him up. He just got up from the chair and went to sleep. Said, I resign. Because what kind of life is this? The life expectancy rate is going down to 55, to 50. People are dying. Stress, health conditions. Because God, this was not God's design. This was not God's design. If you look at the book of Genesis, look at Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. Look at what God told Adam. Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. Help me do more. Genesis 2 verse 18. What does it say? 16 or 18. Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Yes. Of every tree of the garden thou of mayest Of every tree of the garden thou, how? Mayest freely eat. You may, somebody say free. Free. So the original plan was that man should freely eat. That was God's original plan. It was the cause that said out of your sweat now be eaten. God didn't design man to have to eat from his sweat. God didn't design man to have to hustle or struggle. I will need, need, need to check. Are you using my phone, Winifred? If you're not bringing it, let me use my phone. My time now. The entire core of man's life was to be in abundance. So today's teaching is designed to go straight for a surgical operation in your mind. 
And that's why I need your entire focus. Somebody say, I, I, refuse, to I refuse to be poor. Say, I refuse to be poor. You say, money is powerful. Money is so powerful. Everything that Satan has on this earth is only money. That's the only thing that Satan has on this earth. Everything that is used to control everything is money. People are destroying their lives because of money. There are people who are married to people they had no business marrying to because of money. That money is the reason why these people are marrying these people. There are families that force their children to marry each other because of money. So that they can protract a certain dynasty or whatever they want to call it. There are people who have betrayed friends because of money. There are people who have relocated from places they should never have relocated from. They know this is my place of assignment. They know this is where God called me to. But they left that place because of money. There are people that sold a whole country's mandate and gave it to somebody else because of money. That's how powerful money can be. Don't ever open your mouth and say, money is nothing. You see, when you open your mouth and say like that, I already know you are not wise. Money is powerful. Money is powerful. Please, Satan's ultimate control on the earth is money. And so when I was teaching you last Sunday, that you must make up your mind that you will not be poor. I know what I'm saying. And I'm not joking with you this morning. I'm not going to allow you to be poor. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Psalms 37 verse 27. I want to show you a scripture. Psalms 35 verse 27. Help me do more. Psalms 35 verse 27. What does it say? Is your mic working? Yeah. What does it say? Psalms 35 27. Let them shout for joy. Be glad. And be glad. That favor my righteous cause. Let them shout for joy. Do you have it? Open your Bibles. Don't just look at me. Psalms 35. Look at the Bible. You need to look at it. Okay, it's there on the screen. What does it say else? Help me. Let them shout for joy and be glad that yes. favor my righteous cause. Yes. Yea, let them say continually. Let them say continually. Say continually. That what? Let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified. Which had pleasure in the prosperity Who of his servants. Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So you see that. God said we should be saying it continually. Saying it continually. What should we be saying continually? Blessed be God. Let him be magnified. Who has what? Eh? Can you answer me, church? Pleasure. He has pleasure in what? The prosperity of his servants. When God sees his servants prosperous, he is happy. When he sees his servants doing well in their finance, doing well in their life, God is happy. When he sees his servant poor, God is sad. Your prosperity gives God joy. His heart is teared up in excitement when he sees you doing well. But he says we should say it continually. What does he say we should say it continually? When you say it continually, your mouth, if you keep saying something, your heart is designed to believe it. Yes, sir. If you say a lie long enough, even you will believe it. God has pleasure in my prosperity. God wants me rich. God wants me rich. God wants me rich. He wants us to say it for a long time. Say it 
continually. Why? Because the devil has sold a lie for a long time. The devil has sold a lie and promoted it for a long time that Christians shouldn't be wealthy. And so the default setting of a Christian, please listen to me, I beg you, is as he's sitting down here, it's okay with just enough. It's okay. He has a house. He's able to buy land in the bush. Go to very far after quality. Listen to me. He buys a land there. And that's a Christian thinking. A Christian does not think and think of owning a place in central area. If he sees people dress their them, in his mind he exempts or he excludes himself from the possibility of wealth. The devil sold that lie for a long time and people bought it. That Christians are not to be wealthy. Christians are not supposed to wear nice things. Christians are not supposed to ride nice things. So if you see a Christian who has a Rolls Royce, it looks like, how? How did you have it? You're supposed to be a Christian. How did you get that? A Christian doesn't think that there's a possibility for him to own things that are wealthy. It's a mental issue. And God says, say it continually. Say it continually that God, say it continually. God desires us to be wealthy. It's when we're going to start church. Start church, 2019. Everybody told me that if you want to start a church, you don't start a church in town. Particularly if your father is not a very big man, you know, who's going to enter this, you're supposed to enter the town with a blast. So you don't have the money to be on all the billboards. You don't have all the money to afford all that. So you, you go and start from Dawaki. So when you start from Dawaki, because your church is close to where people are living, you'll be able to do evangelism. You get my point? Are you following my point this morning? Mm-hmm. I need to know you're following me. You're, you're able to do evangelism around. Don't go and start church in central area where people are not living. Your church will not grow. That's a lie. Because when we started, we started in... Roseboard opposite this day, this day door. It was there was no house in about two kilometers away in all circumstances. I said people will come from far distances to attend SLC. I said it from the first day. All the church administrators, all the church certified church say, Philip, you are making a mistake. Start, you know, start from a residential area. I said, No, I'm starting from central area. And we are still in central, and we're going to buy land in central area. Amen. Listen to me. There's land everywhere. People they demolish houses. So. If you have money, you'll find out that there's no land you can buy. If you have cash now, when Deeper Life was going to buy that their land, they demolish houses. So when they bring the money to your house and say, Sir, we want to buy this house, say no. This is my father's ancient, my ancient landmark, remove not the ancient. They said two million, four million, ten million, twenty-five million. He said, no, never. Nothing can tell me. Fifty million. Your wife will tap you. <laughs> my dear, dear me. He said, it's like those your father have entered your brain. This house, what is evil? This house, what is the worth of this house? 
as you are coming out, they say, I'll, you say, no, please. What is it? Is, is it not for the house of God? All of us love God. It's my pleasure. I'm happy that even the Lord chose me that my house should be one of the houses that will be demolished for his own house to be built. I saw one of our young ladies in his church. She said she came from Kuali to be in church this morning. So I say Kuali. Yeah. That's how far many churches will you pass? Somebody's in church this morning. He came from Mina to be in church this morning. People will come from everywhere. So Satan sold that lie that a child of God is not supposed to have money. What, what irony? The child of God. So who is supposed to not have money? When the child of God, the, the maker of the world, is child, has to just make do with what is okay. That's not scriptural. That's against scripture. Let me show you a scripture. This will you steer your heart. Open to Psalms 81 verse 16. Give me NLT. Do more. Psalms 81 verse 16. What does it say? Psalms 81 verse 16. Psalms 81 verse 16. But I will feed you with the finest wheat. What did you say? What did you hear? But I will feed you with the finest wheat. Which kind of wheat? Finest. Someone say finest. Say it again. Say finest. God said I will feed you with the finest. So if God wants to feed you, please listen to me. He wants to feed you with the finest. Someone say, I deserve the finest. Put your hand on and say, I deserve the finest. What does it say next? I will satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. So when God wants to give you honey, he doesn't give you honey that is mixed. He gives you the honey from the rock. I will give you the finest of wheat. We should eat in the finest of restaurants. Someone say me. Who should drive the finest of cars? Who should live in the finest of places? Answer me now. The Bible says if you are willing and obedient, you will eat. Please, you know as I'm saying this, I come against every activity of the devil in your mind. As I'm saying this, some people, it's just flying over their head like this. Subconsciously, automatically, they are already excluding themselves. Because they have suffered too long. It does not make sense that this thing is about them. I'm telling the truth. There's a problem when you come from a very terrible home and you suffer there. Home that you cannot eat two meats. When you come out of that kind of home and God says, I want to feed you, it doesn't. It doesn't it's, it's just like, it's just doing as if it's, it's crank, 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 crank. It's not, it's not blinking. That you live in the finest of houses? God says, I'll give to you. Let me give you that scripture. Same NLT. Help me do more. NLT. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 9. Deuteronomy 32. We're going to read from verse 9 to verse 14. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9 to verse 14. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9 to verse 14. What For the say? people of Israel belong to the Lord. So I want us to see the scripture together. Give me NLT. Media. For the people of the Israel belong to the Lord. Yes? Jacob is a special possession. Someone say, I'm God's special possession. Say, I'm God's special possession. Say it convincingly. Say, I'm God's special possession. I'm God's 
Next verse, what does he say? He found them in the desert land, in an empty howling wasteland. Yes. He surrounded them and watched over them. Yes. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. Yes. Like an eagle that rouses her cheeks and hovers over her young. Yes. So he spread his wings to take them up and carry them safely on his pinions. Yes. The Lord alone guided them. Yes. They followed no foreign gods. Yes. He let them ride over the highlands he and feast. He let them ride over the highlands and feast on the crops of the field. Yes. He nourished them back with he nourished them with honey from the rock. Yes. And olive oil from the stony ground. Yes. He fed them yogurt from the herd. He fed them yogurt. What's say yogurt? Milk. Someone say parfait. Yogurt from the earth and milk from the flock. Together with the fat of lambs, he gave them choice rams from Bashan. And goats together with the choicest wheat, you drank the finest wine. Someone say, that's me. Say, that's me he's talking about. Listen to me. You see, I need to first do this to you because if I can't get your mind to receive this, I can't get your hand to handle it. If I can't get your mind to receive this, I can't get your hand. It has to first happen in your mind that God wants to give me the finest, the best. I deserve the best. I deserve the best. I deserve the best. It was not easy for us. There's nobody in my father's house that ever tried. You know, coming to this place last year was a big ordeal for me as a pastor of this church. Where we're coming from, we're paying three million for an entire year. And we're coming to a place that we're going to be paying almost that same amount for a month. It doesn't make financial sense. It doesn't make economic sense. But God has steered my heart. I came here alone one day. I look up, I look down. I said, if APC wants to do a meeting here, they won't think. If PDP wants to do a meeting here, they won't think. They won't think. I'm a child of God. I sat in my dining. I said, we're going there. We're going there. We're going there. It was a surgical operation in my mind. God says, behold, I've given you the land. See, I've given you the land. If you can't see it, you can't walk in it. This, your current circumstance is not the true reality of God's provision for you. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. When you hear that Christians bought private jets, don't criticize them. When you hear that pastors are flying private jets, don't join them to criticize them. You don't know whether they have written private jets in your destiny. As you are Christian, the uh, person does not really like private jets. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Cancel it, cancel it, cancel it, cancel it, cancel it. When you see fine things, you know when I'm driving and I see a Rolls Royce, I don't, I don't, or a Ferrari, I don't drag road with them. I allow them pass. I say, Lord, I desire. I don't try to say, yeah, we not all you. He say, yeah, this is not our no, 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 no. Let them pass, let them pass. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Coming with mine. When I walk around Winner's Chapel, when I go to Dunamis, I walk around. I say, I see this coming to pass. I see, I say, SLC. 
I'm going to fly SLC members' private jets. They are going to say, Pastor, you, you flew Brother Susan and Soson last week. It's my own this week. I know Glee. It's my own. I will lodge in SLC members' hotels across the world. I am saying and I'm going to say it. You see, it must enter my mind. Choice. Pastor David said one day he took one of his sons to one of the houses of redeemed members. And as they're climbing the staircase, the staircase was built on the swimming pool, was built on the pool. And you could see dolphins under the staircase. It was a glass. See, the boy was saying, don't, Pastor said, don't disgrace me here. <laughs> People are wealthy. You see, let it enter. There's wealth in the land. There's wealth in the land. Let your mind be open to the possibility of it. Please don't close yourself out. One of our dear members, I don't know if she's in church this morning. We're talking yesterday. She shared with me when she saw my status. She said her mom said the Bible says, Blessed are the poor. Say, for they shall inherit the kingdom. Blessed are the poor. I said those scriptures, and those are the scriptures that Satan has used for many years. Listen to me. I can count you scriptures. I'm going to show you scriptures that Satan uses because Satan will sell a lie as much as he can, even if he has to use the scriptures. That thing I said is very powerful. And I'm going to show you a scripture this morning. He said, blessed are the poor. And so some of our parents took in and said in their mind that the reward of a believer is not here. Are you following me this morning? That when we die here, we will not go to heaven, Brachiola, and then there's a reward for us in heaven. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you this. If I am infinitely rich and I have all the money in the earth, and I wrote a will for my son. And I said, my son will take over my wealth after I die. And then I die. Because you see, for every will, we call it testament. The reason why we call it testament is because the person who writes the will must die to give the will effect. You cannot collect your father's will when he's still alive. Are you following my point? So Jesus is the only man in history that wrote a will, died to give it effect, then rose from the dead to enforce it. Only man in history. So when he died, Jesus died to give his will power. I want to ask you a question. When does the will of God take effect in your life? When Jesus died or when you die? Eh? Does the son have to die too to enjoy what the father gave to him? When God said he died so that you will be wealthy, and you have provisions. Is there lack in heaven? So there's no need for provision in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? So there's no need for healing in heaven. This is where everything that he died for must be enjoyed. Yeah, on this earth. I'm deliberately slow because I want what I'm teaching this morning to enter your mind. I hope that scripture from Matthew chapter 5. Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Matthew chapter 5. Look at that. Help me. Matthew 5, verse 3. The Bible says what? So Satan removes this in spirit. And say, for this is the kingdom of heaven. So the poor people are happy that they are poor. Because they are going to inherit heaven. Do you see what Satan did there? Do you see what he did there? Are you, are you following me? 
removed that in the spirit. And what that scripture was talking about has nothing to do with finances. It's talking about people who are hungry in their hearts for God. People who say they need God, they are poor in their hearts, mean that they believe that they are lacking of God and they need Him. That's what the Bible is talking about. Satan can pick a scripture and twist it. If you look at Matthew chapter 4, when he, when, when he was going to tempt Jesus, he said, he said to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 6, he quoted the scripture, help me do, help me do more, Matthew 4, verse 6. He was going to tempt Jesus, look at Matthew 4, verse 6. And, is, yes, read it. And saith unto him, yes. If thou be the Son of God, yes. cast thyself down, yes. for it is written, he yes. shall give his angels charge concerning thee, yes. and in their hands they shall bear thee up, mm-hmm. lest at any time thou dash thy feet. So the Bible says, please follow me closely, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Satan quoted this scripture for Jesus. And he quoted from Psalm 91. Give us Psalm 91. Psalm 91, we're going to read verse 11 and verse 12. He quoted it verbatim, but he twisted it. And I'm going to show how he twisted it. 11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Verse 12, They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot did you see what Satan did in that scripture? He said, lest at any time, go back to Matthew chapter 4. Lest at any time. So what he did by including that word is that you can do anything you want. You are covered. Even if you are doing it outside the will of God. So jump down at any time. Anything you do. So he quoted a scripture and added that verse to it. Did you see that? And that's why you must understand the Bible in context. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you are a child of God and you are not a Bible student, you are missing out a lot. Satan will tell you a lie and will use the Bible to confirm it. He sold the life of Lord. He said the Bible says that it is easier for a head of camel to enter the eye of a needle than for a rich man and disciples asked him, so who then can be saved? Jesus Christ answered. He said, for with man, it is impossible. But with God, Satan would never let you see that one. The Bible says that with God, even the head of a camel can enter behind your needle. He sold scriptures. He sold scriptures that painted Jesus as though Jesus was poor. Jesus was not poor one day in his life. Jesus was not poor one day in his life. Jesus was not poor. Jesus was not born by poor folks. The only reason why he was born in a manger was because no room in the inn and Mary fell into labor and they had no time to look for other hotel rooms. Joseph was a popular man in Nazareth. They say, is this not the son of Joseph? Everybody knew Joseph. He was a famous carpenter. If Jesus had continued in the capital profession, would have been the head of capital association, Nazareth chapter. They were not paupers. He was, he was famous on the land. He was famous in the land. Jesus was not poor. Jesus had a treasurer. The treasurer was a thief. And he kept the purse with him because no matter how much you steal from Jesus Christ's money, he cannot finish. Some of us here, if you know that your treasurer is a thief 
ordinary Zenith bank app that was not going, you transferred all your money from it. One day, this is any bank app, it's not going again. Yeah. You waited till midnight. The little time you moved everything. Jesus' pleasure was a thief. And he kept the money with him. He wasn't poor. He wasn't poor. He told the disciples, when he was, when he was sent them, he said, take no pause with you. There's no script. He told the disciples, I say, when you're going on ministry work, don't take pause. If they didn't have money, he would say, don't take a pause. I will tell a man that doesn't have a pause, that should not take a pause. Where's the pause? Jesus was not poor. Jesus had a boat that he could sleep in the under of the boat and there was a storm that he did not wake up. Yeah. yeah. You got it. You got it. Jesus had a yacht. He didn't wait for commercial ship. He had his own ministry system that took him from place to place. He didn't have to wait for 12 o'clock Galilee, Galilee line. He didn't have to wait for that. He had his own. He moved at his time. So he moved in the midnight. He, tells, go to, he, he, move, he said, go to the other side. He, they moved at whatever time they wanted to move. They didn't have to wait for a boat. Are you following my point? Jesus' garment was casted lot for. The Bible says that when they took it, they could not find where it was sewn. They divided his garment. It's a soldiers. They casted lot. There was, there was no place. So if you can see where they sewed, they couldn't see how the soldiers cast. So that's how beautifully done it was. A man that can command a coin to come out of the mouth of a fish is not poor. Bitcoin. He's not poor. Is not poor. Is not poor. Jesus, write it down. Jesus was rich. Write it down. Jesus was rich. Jesus was not poor. That Salubata picture of him carrying goats like this that you see is the lie of the devil. That's not the picture of Jesus. Jesus Christ was not doing that. He was not going about with one bag and what on one road like this. He wasn't doing that and trekking, trekking everywhere. He wasn't doing that. God wants you to prosper. If that's all I can achieve this morning, I've done my bit. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Let me end with this. I'll continue next week. Let me look at the life of David. David was God's servant, was a king. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 3 to 8. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 3 to 8. What does it say? Moreover. Moreover. Because I have set my affection to the house of my God. Because I've set, please, please, don't be distracted now. You need to see this. This is King David talking. Because I've done what? Set my affection to the house of my God. Yes. I have of my own proper good. He said, of, I have of my own proper good. Of, yes. Of gold. Of gold. And silver. And silver. Which I have given to the house which of I've my God. Which I've given to the house of my God. Over and above all over that. Over and above all that I've prepared. Yes. For the holy house. For the holy house. Even 3,000 talents of gold. 3,000 talents of gold. Of the gold of Ophir. Of the gold of Ophir. So there was a particular kind of gold. It was not prepared. Yes. Next and one. And 7,000 talents and of 7, refined silver. talents of refined silver. To overlay the walls of the house to without. To overlay the walls of the house without. 
the gold for things of gold gold for things of gold and the silver so we are not going to put wood where you have gold and say just paint it yellow gold for the things of gold don't cover it silver for the things of silver all manner of work by made of the hands of artificers who then is willing to consecrate his service unto this day so I calculated the amount of gold in dollars that David put down that day this morning I went to the cost of gold in the market as at this morning so I calculated it one talent of gold that David gave is 2 million 42 thousand and seventy five dollars for one talent two million for, you know Satan won't let you see this he will let you see that a, a, a camel cannot enter the eye of a needle that's what he will be to you he will not let you see that the son of David who Jesus Christ prided himself over that I'm the son the root of the house of Jesse the son of David had enough talents of gold that one talent was two million forty-two thousand and seventy-five dollars. So I calculated three thousand talents of gold to be six billion one hundred twenty-six million two hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars. One talent of silver, follow me, please, is twenty-two thousand four hundred forty-one dollars eighty-six cents. So 7,000 talents of dollars is 157 million 93,020 dollars. So this was the amount that David gave that day. Over 6 billion dollars. So David needs to stop there. What does he say next? Verse 6. Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribe of Israel yes. and the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly. So these are, these are his captains. His, his, his tribe. They are tribesmen. The tribe leaders. And gave the for chief of the fathers, yes. And gave for the service of the house of God of gold. So when he asked them, I don't want to give a loan. The leaders also gave. They gave 5,000 talents and 10,000 drams and of silver 10,000 talents and of brass 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron so I calculated what the leaders gave you see because I don't want to pastor a church where the pastor is the only one that is a billionaire that the time will come we will need to raise any money in SLC and from the leaders alone will come at least 10 billion naira. if you like don't say amen I come against every village brain. Every mindset that has eaten deep into your life and keeps exempting you. Every time we are talking at this like this, something will just tell you, no, it's not you, it's not you. It's a lie. You are the one. Ah! When I calculated the amount that the leaders gave, 5,000 talents resulted to 10 billion, 290,000, thousand dollars and the silver they gave is 224 million four hundred eighteen thousand six hundred dollars all right so their total amount that they gave that day one day someone say one day was 16 billion seven hundred eighteen million one hundred twenty three thousand 
$620. I now converted it to Naira. You see, I took my time. You see, I took my time. Listen to me. Listen to me. I took my time. I want you to know that if you read, look at verse 1. Look at, look at what, what verse we started with. Verse 3. Abby? Yes, sir. Look at, look, if you look at verse 3 in, in NLT. Verse 3 in NLT. What does it say? Look at NLT. Verse and three. now, because of my devotion to the temple of God, yes. I am giving all of my own gold. private treasures yes. of gold yes. and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition so to the building materials. This is in materials. addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. So, this wasn't the first time they were given. This wasn't the first time they were given. They had given before. What does the next verse say? I am donating more than 112 tons so of gold. He was now saying, This is what I'm donating. But this was, they had already donated and had enough. He said they had enough to build. But he said, Just because I love the Lord. He says, My affection. That's how, he said, Just because of my affection. I am giving this six billion dollars. When I calculated it to Naira, in today's dollar rate, it's 12 trillion, 538 billion, 592 million, 715,000. That not the entire church, not the entire church, just between David and his captains. They gave 12 trillion Naira. One morning, that's how the people rejoiced. You see, devil will never. I am praying for you. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, this is not my best preaching mode. You know, I can preach more than this. But this thing is paining me. It's paining me that we have children of God who are impoverished. It's paining me that we have children of God that Satan is saying that you and it has worked so deep into our mindset and our paradigms that we can't see ourselves operating outside these possibilities. That the moment you see something that is nice, you already, already remove yourself from it. Automatically, even when you don't know, you have already done it. It's a subconscious thing. Already something says this kind of cloth is not. It says I will feed you with the finest of which were the finest of silk? Which were the best of cotton? Who? I say who? David. I shouldn't go to I shouldn't go to even go to Abraham. No, I'll go to Abraham next week. I will convert. And I'll go to Solomon. And I'll convert. I'll convert. And I will let you know that this, all these people are the children of God like you. So I say they're like me. and say, Lord, I receive prosperity in the name of Jesus. I want to end my sermon here today. Prodigal son's story, you already know, is my favorite story of the Bible. I love it more than any other story because it tells me who the father is. It shows me the picture of the father in the way that religion does not show it. It shows me the picture of the father in the way that hypocrisy does not show it. The father's picture in the prodigal son's story is the man who was very wealthy. The son was with the father. He had all his needs met. He went away from his father and began to want. And when he came back to the father, dirty he was, filthy he was, the father said, give him the finest robe. Someone said the finest robe. But this guy is dirty. The father said, cover him with the finest robe. And there, 
pick the fatted calf. You see, the religion will tell you you deserve a skinny goat. The other brother said, I've been working all these years. You didn't even give me a skinny goat. A small, tiny goat for me and my friends. The father was thinking of a fatted calf. The brother was singing or thinking of a skinny goat. So, a skinny goat, you know what a skinny goat is, don't you? Yeah. Some of us are wearing a skinny goat. Some of us live in a skinny goat. So, there's a way religion works on our mind to accept just to survive. The father came and gave him a ring, a diamond ring, the bling bling. It's a bling bling kind of father. Give him a ring, give him a coat, give him shoes for his feet, and threw a party. You see, the father is a party lover. He likes celebration. He pours the wine, the champagne. They love joy. They enjoy. Religion tells you that you have to be sober and sad and always looking moody when you are in the presence of the father. The Bible says in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. Religion doesn't agree with that. Religion says you must be sober. He says you will remember you are going to hell. Remember you are going to hell. On the judgment day, you will cry. You will cry. You will cry. You will cry. Religion tells you that. The father is throwing the party. Religion is throwing the funeral. Are you following my point? The father thinks abundance. Kill the fatted calf. The guy says, what? The fatted calf I've been keeping? Kill it. There's nothing as important as my son who has come back home. You get the point? Now, the older brother was there taking care of the calf. Taking care of the calf. He was saying, my son is more important to me than this calf. Kill it. Share the blood. Share the meat. And the religion was telling you, you can't have. You can't have that. You can't take that. You can, that can't be you. God is saying, I want to give you this. You see things that your mind, you see, you, you, when you, you, you look at some pictures, you see, I, lo I, I love looking at houses a lot. I like fine houses. So I like looking at it. And as I show my wife, I say, look at this house. I'm going to do something like this. I'm going to do something like this. I'm going to fly in this kind of plane. I'm going to, I feed my eyes with the kind of things that God already promised me. I bask in it. You see, I don't allow my mind to tell me this is not for you. I don't allow my mind to tell me that. If I see something that I like and I can afford it, I buy it. I buy it. I buy it for myself. I like it. Are you following my point? I like it. The Bible says I feed you with the finest of wheat. But religion says no. You deserve a skinny goat. So even after serving God, after serving God, after serving God, all you get is a skinny goat. And the father was ready to throw a party for you. The father says, all that I have was yours. You could have taken it at any time. There was nothing here. The houses, the fountains, everything I want. You could have thrown a party at any time you liked. You and your friends. You could have done anything. It belongs to you. But religion tells you, this is not yours. You have to suffer. You have to suffer. And after you're done suffering, you will not suffer for long. Because long suffering is a fruit of the Spirit. Religion tells you that. You cannot afford anything. And so it shows it what you even give. When you give to God, you give like a poor person. You give with religion. 
The father is prodigal with his spending when it comes to the children. He doesn't hold back. He didn't hold back the fatted calf. He killed it. So when his sons look at look at look at David, David says, just because of my affection of my father, I'm dropping six billion dollars. I'm dropping six just like that. Just like that. I don't even have to be named. And there are people today, today in our world today, that spend for God like that. In our world today, I, I heard that it was one woman that bought the entire chairs of Dunamis. One woman that bought the entire, that 100,000 chairs. Each of the chairs go for like 4,000 plus. And she bought the 100,000 by herself. We're going to pay our tithes. One of those days when we used to go to Dunamis area, I want you to pay our tithes. Those tithes from SLC. And we saw somebody coming there with Jalamia and brought 5 million in cash. No name. Thank you, Jesus. People are giving like that. People, but you know, something tells you that things are hard. Things are hard. Things are hard. Things are not hard. Things are not hard. Things are not hard. I promise you under God, things are not hard. People have money. And you deserve the best. You deserve the best. If this comes into your mind, then your mind can begin to process. What do I need to do in God, under God, according to scriptures, to apprehend what God has already made available for me in the scriptures? It is yours. Everything he gave is for you. He said, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. I give it to you. That's what Jesus said. I said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not what the New Testament is about. The New Testament is about just Holy Spirit. It's not by money. It's not by energy. It's not by that. It's not by that. And somebody's quoting that scripture. I'm quoting that. And I used to have to say, the Bible says the New Testament is a better covenant. Eh? The New Testament is a better covenant. Abi? Bible says if the Old Testament was not faulty, there would have not been a need for the New Testament. So if the New Testament is a better covenant. And then the Bible says that the Old Testament covered for their health and covered for their prosperity. All of you here will agree with me that God prospered his people in the Old Testament. Did you agree with me? That they were, Bible says of all men, they were the most blessed. So if the Old Testament is not as good or the New Testament is better, then that means the New Testament must cover everything that the Old Testament covers and much more. Now, I use an iPhone 13, this iPhone if you look at iPhone 12 or iPhone 13, iPhone 13 or iPhone 12 or whatever iPhone it is can do always do much more. They will do everything iPhone 10 is doing, Abi, and more. So if they say iPhone 12 is better than iPhone 11, it's because iPhone 12 can do everything iPhone 11 is doing and much more. So if they say the New Testament is better than the Old Testament, it meant that the New Testament can do everything the Old Testament was doing. And so if healing and prosperity and wealth was in the Old Testament, it means the New Testament covered for all that the Old Testament covered and much more. So if people were wealthy in the Old Testament, they should be wealthier under the New Testament. If people were wealthy in the Old Testament, they should be wealthier. Don't let the devil sell a light to you. You can be righteous and be rich. I don't have time to finish this scripture. He says, I gave you the finest. You know, this morning, you know, as a pastor, I get to deal with all kinds of issues. People are doing, they're struggling with that. Pastor, please, this. Pastor, this. Sometimes you have to give, you have to sow, you have to send some money this morning. This morning da, 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 da. You know, but in my heart, much more than when I notice people should be living in wealth. Bible says, they shall not be poor among you. They shall not be poor among you. But he says they will be poor in the land. He said the poor shall not finish from the land. Though. But he said, but among you, they will not be poor. So even though there's poor in the land, among you, among SLC members, 
they will not be poor people in the name of Jesus I said in the name of Jesus so the story of the prodigal son is very clear the father is a wealthy father it is when you leave the father that you suffered so if you are suffering you have to ask am I with the father it has to be clear to you if you are away from the father this morning things are hard, things are harsh say but pastor, do what I'll clear we have, we have the entire month to do with it pastor but I'm with the father, why am I still suffering we'll deal with that this month what do I need to do to walk in the reality of God's prosperity for me? We'll deal with that this month. It's a progressive thing. But if you are here today and you have walked in from the Father and things are hard. Things are hard. Things are not easy. Even if you have money, you are under all kinds of turbulent situations. And you want to say, please, Pastor, this is the time for me to walk back to the Father. Please, all eyes, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you're in church this morning and right now, Right now, right now, you cannot say convincingly that I'm with the Father. I'm with God. I'm with Jesus. He's my Father. Or I have a personal relationship with Him. Maybe you have walked away from the Father. Right now, I want to give you an opportunity to come back to Him. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you where you are right now. Right now. All eyes closed. All eyes closed. All heads bowed. Please, wherever you are, if you are in the house this morning and you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to return to the love of the Father. I've walked away from Him. Or I've never known Him. Please, where you are seated, put up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Put up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Put up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Put, that's why we're here. That's the most important part. The Father will gladly kill a fatted calf for you. The Father will gladly. Put up your right hands. Right hand, please. Right hands. If you're here, you want me to pray with you. Right where you're seated. All eyes closed. All heads bowed. Put out your right hand. Up eye. Up eye. Up eye. I see another hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see two hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name. Please, if you raise up your hands, the two of you, please come. Come to the front. Come to the front. I want to pray with you. Come to the front. Come to the front. If you raise up your hand, come to the front. Quickly. Come to the front. Quickly. Come to the front. I want to pray with you. This is the most important part of this sermon is that people come back to Jesus. People come back to God. People come back to Jesus. No matter what level you are, the Father will gladly kill a fatted calf for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I saw To this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. 
For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church. 